the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome. And today we're joined by Antoinette Oglethorpe, who is a coach of coaches and a coach of managers who can go inside organizations or who are inside organizations and want to make a difference inside their organization using career development. So Antoinette joining us from outside of London. And uh, Antoinette, we're just so excited for you to join us and talk about this important topic, especially as we look towards the future of work and how do we help people be more employable even as this this pace of change gets about more and more rapid. So thank you for joining us and we're excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much, Marie. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. I'm looking forward to our chat. Yes. So one of the topics that you talk a lot about is future-proofing. And I know this is kind of a buzzword that we hear, but what do you mean when you say future-proofing and how do you see that becoming more important right now? Yes, so when we, um, if we think about how work has changed over the last few decades, we can see that there have been a lot of changes. Historically, there have always been a lot of changes. When I started work, um, we had word processors. We didn't have, um, you know, email, for example. So that's one of the changes that is just taken uh, for granted now, as lo- along with smartphones, internet, and all that good stuff. So all of that changes the nature of work. And those changes, are getting increasingly rapid. Um, And so as we look into the future of work, and just like anything, there's no crystal ball, so we can't necessarily see what the future holds, but we can see the changes that are taking place. And therefore, how do we adapt to those changes? How do we ensure that our careers um, are not negatively impacted by those changes, but instead uh, actually see those changes as opportunities? opportunities. I love that. Yeah. And it takes that opportunity or ability, but I don't know if it's a skill or just an action of figuring out what's going on, what do we think might happen, and how do we make those things align? Now, you work with individuals somewhat, but you mostly work with organizations to help managers improve people's careers. So how does a manager help someone future-proof their career? I think one of the big things that managers and employees need to do is rethink how they define career development and how they define career aspirations. So um, typically what happens is, you know, a manager will ask the employee where they want to be in five years time um, or what they see as their next step. And the employee will articulate that aspiration in terms of a grade or a job title or a promotion, say. And those are very limiting and also rely somewhat on a static organisation. And so managers and employees sort of need to let go of this idea that there is a sat-nav approach to career development where there's pre-programmed paths and milestones and instead see it more as an orienteering exercise where they're navigating a changing landscape. Um, And that relies um, on the employee articulating their aspirations in terms of the experience they want to have at work, rather than simply a job title or a grade. Um, And that's a different mindset for both manager and employee, and also takes a different kind of conversation and different kinds of questions that the manager needs to ask um, and possibly help the employee think about, because that takes a lot more um, thinking by the employee um, and quite possibly thinking that they haven't done. Yeah, it is. It's a different way of looking at it. And we've been talking about, you know, that there's no ladder, no career ladder for a long time. But what you're saying and what I'm seeing as well is that organizations still kind of operate as if there is a ladder and that doesn't serve anyone. No, that's right. And um, 
you know, that, uh, you know, I, I have a very old car, so I use the analogy of sat-nav. I have a very old car and the sat-nav is out of date. And I drive along trying to get places and suddenly, according to the sat-nav, I'm flying through a field, um, you know, that doesn't exist anymore because there's now a road through it. And that's essentially what organisations are trying to do. They're trying to, you know, develop people's careers or, or manage career development with out-of-date sat-navs um, because the organisation is continually changing. And, um, and especially in the last few years, we've seen massive changes. Um, the pandemic, obviously, it contributed to that. Technology is massively influencing that. I mean, chat GPT just in the last six months is impacting on that. There are jobs that exist now, like prompt engineer, that didn't exist 12 months ago. Um, the same with COVID. Suddenly there was a job of a virtual producer, which, um, you know, well, certainly I wasn't aware of in the UK. Um, so, yeah, those changes are happening very rapidly. Yeah. And then we are trying to make changes not just reactive to what's already happened, but also thinking about what's going to happen in the near term, at least, and what might we do to, to meet those needs. So when you're talking with an organization, are you starting to hear them talk more about skills-based hiring? And does that factor in, because it sounds like what you're talking about is kind of skills-based career planning instead of, uh, you know, title-based. Yeah, I, I mean, we don't get involved necessarily in the recruitment so much, but I think there's definitely a, a need for people to look for agility and adaptability. So historically, you looked for somebody who had done what you wanted them to do in the past. Um, but since now, the things you want them to do or the jobs you want them to do are unprecedented, you're now looking for the evidence that they can take their experience and adapt it to new circumstances. So um, at one point it was called learning agility, um, which no, was a term people didn't necessarily understand very easily. Um, but it's essentially about how can we take our existing experience and our past experience and use it to take on experiences that we've never done before. And I think that is quite a different way of selection because it always used to be, you know, um, past behaviour predicts future behaviour. Um, well, the future is unknown. So um, we, we need something a little bit different. I love that. Now, when you, because we work with coaches, of course, and, and you do this work, and you also work with other career services providers. What are you seeing in terms of the role of external coaches or, or other individuals like you and me? How is that shifting with this change inside organizations? I, I think the role that the external coach can play is helping people, helping with that mindset shift and that, that um, expectation management, but also helping pe uh, people cope with the uncertainty that comes with that unknown um, the fact that we're aiming towards not smart goals, which we might be used to, or smart objectives, but actually how can we take our experience and adapt it to the future? And how can we evaluate the opportunities that arise in a context of um, a job that we've never experienced before? Yes, and then managers and internal people may not have all the resources they need or the skills they need to help individuals navigate all of that. Of course, they're going to bring their individual wisdom as well as their industry wisdom, but that partnership of the manager or the organization and an external coach can be so beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That, that um, yeah, because the external coach is an, is an independent for the employee um, and, and that really provides an external context that can be very helpful. Yeah. So you are coming to speak at our symposium in uh, April in Lisbon. So tell us what are a few takeaways that coaches, career services providers that come and see in Lisbon, what will they take away? 
Well, my my aim, so we specialise in providing tools and techniques uh, for people to have these conversations. So my real aim is for them to have some practical tools that they can use to address some of these challenges. I love it. And you came to see us when we were in Madrid in 2019, and people walked away with this great packet of, of tools that they could use with their clients. And that was, oh my goodness, it's hard to believe that was five years ago now. <laughs> so uh, much different tools that we're needing now, as well as, of course, that that strong base that you provided even before. So I'm so excited to see you in Lisbon and uh, hear more about what's going on with the, the future proofing that we can help our clients with and in certain, in, inside of the career development inside an organization, how we can help them with that. So thank you so much, Antoinette, and I can't wait to see you in Lisbon. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity, Marie. And lovely to talk to you today too. Yes. So we are going to take a short break here on Career Confidant Radio, and then we're going to be back with Gary Anello, who is another one of our speakers at the Lisbon uh, conference. And he's going to be talking about leadership and resilience. We'll be right back here in just a few minutes. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. now back to the career confidant Welcome back. And we're here on the Career Confidant today talking about leadership and the future of work and and how we can help people future-proof their careers. And we have Gary Anello with us. And Gary, you are at the MBA program, and I'm not going to attempt it, but you're at an MBA (laughs) program. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about where that is and what types of, of professionals you're working with that are coming back to get their MBAs. Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, happy New Year to you, and Happy New Year to anybody who's to everyone who's listening. Um, yeah, so I I work as a leadership and career development manager for an executive MBA program, 
um, easiest way is to just say WHU, which is based in Germany, uh, near Koblenz, Germany, kind of in the center, right on the Rhine River, beautiful, small location. Um, I'm actually based myself in Leipzig, which is quite quite a distance away. Uh, so I travel there when the students are on campus. Um, and yeah, there are a lot of uh, people who are going back and doing their executive MBA because they want to uh, it, making an impact is important to them. Typically, the people that we see, because the average age of our executive MBA cohort is about 38 years old, um, we have, uh, I mean, these are, these are millennials. And, and for them, impact, meaning is important. I know you've talked about this in some of the other, some of the other, other um, broadcasts that I've, that I've heard from you. You talk about this desire to really make an impact. Um, and so that's what these executive MBA candidates uh, are, 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 are concerned about. They're concerned about making a difference. It's not just about, you know, do I get to the next level? Can I, can I achieve the next level? It's really about having, uh, making an impact. I love that. And when you're seeing leaders come in, tell me a little bit about how you're you're seeing leadership leadership shifting. What's new with these students today? Well, the the you know the the, the word that's on everybody's mind and has been for the last year, a couple of years, is resilience. And resilience is uh, is a concept that has been around for a long time, but it's really kind of it's really kind of taken center stage for an awful lot of people. There are, there's lots of uncertainty. There's lots of, you know, people talk about the VUCA world that we live in and the VUCA world of work and it's changing and there's unpredictability. And, and how do you navigate that? And we've certainly seen more unpredictability than we've, than all of us, than any of us have ever seen in our lifetimes um, with, with the pandemic. Um, there was a study that was done kind of during the pandemic um, that looked at burnout, actually, and, and the numbers of baby boomers, of which I'm kind of at the tail end, I'm at the tail end of the baby boomers, they were not so, they've not been so affected by burnout. However, around 30%, 31%, but Gen Xers, uh, millennials, Gen Z, over half of them reported burnout. Now, this was during the pandemic, but it's just it's it kind of flags up this idea that there's an awful lot of change going around and people don't quite know how to how to navigate it how to how to how to get through it um and so i think that's where resilience really comes in front and center how do you um how do you navigate that you, the, the the guest you just had on um, um Antoinette was talking about how uh agility and adaptability and that's kind of at the core of what resilience is um being able to 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 to, to adapt when things are happening that are completely out of your control. Um, and it applies to coaches as well. I mean, things happen in coaches' lives and coaches' work that's completely out of, out of their control. Um, and so it's, it's something that we as coaches have to focus on with our clients. It's also something that we as coaches have to think about it for ourselves as well. Yeah. And what types of, um, I mean, we see the resilience and, as you said, it's been around for a while. We've been talking about it for a while. COVID, obviously, it had a different flavor. More recently, what are some of the, the ways that people are talking about resilience? What are some of their challenges with resilience? Well, I know that for for the executive MBA program that I work in, uh, you know, here in Europe, being based in Germany, of course, things like geopolitical conflict is is really on people's minds we have students who have either been uh, either from or are from Russia or Ukraine or Israel or are Palestinian and that is that's kind of that 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 sort of global conf conflict and and what's going to happen and what direction things are going in that's front and center of people's minds inflation is a huge thing that has concerned people last year there were you know massive layoffs in the tech industry um that has people incredibly concerned 
Uh, so those are the kinds of things that are that are on people's minds. Um, and and I think, uh, you know, resilience is not really about can you just kind of take it. You know, you sort of grit your teeth and and go through it, right? It's it's more than that. It's about being able to 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 absorb it and to and to process it, and then to kind of move forward in a in a way that's positive and in a way that's healthy. Uh, as I said, more more than just kind of well, can you bounce back? That's not really what resilience is. It's really more about what 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 the previous guest was talking about in terms of agility and adaptability. Yes. So what are some of the skills that you are working with your students with or that you um, as a coach, because I know you you coach outside of that as well. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways that you're helping clients build their resilience? I think there's there's a couple of things. Um, I think it's important. There's different models of resilience. And one of the one of the kind of the key models of resilience is to, to look at to, to recognize that resilience is kind of a new way of seeing things and 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 thinking about things, and then also leading through things. Um, one of the models that I work with kind of breaks down uh, the different spheres of your life that affect resilience, and really at the top of that um, is is the authentic relationships that you have. Um, we often talk about there's two things. There's authentic relationships and also meaning. And we often talk about uh, being people who are introverts, people who can kind of do fine on their own. Um, but even then, people need to connect with other people. They need to have sort of a personal advisory board or they need to have their own personal boardroom of people that confidants that they can go to, people that they can talk to. Um, authentic relationships, really, really important. And, and, and really, I think it's really key. As a coach, I see this. It's really important to not uh, underestimate the value of, of an authentic relationship of people who are close to you. It doesn't mean, it doesn't have to mean a partner or a spouse. It just can mean, it, it, it can also be people around you who are, um, who, who are there for you. People that you can, you have a sparring partner, you have a sounding board, you have somebody that, that kind of knows what's going on. Um, and also meaning the second, that's the kind of the second component and there are more, but kind of the, the second component is, is meaning is how do you um what is it that brings value to your life and this goes back to kind of the motivation that i i see a lot of a lot of the executive mba candidates talk about now it isn't it, it is about doing something meaningful um and a few weeks ago you spoke to to jake richings and he was talking about gen x and meaning is really important to them it doesn't have to be a big thing but meaning has to be there. It's it it's people recognize they're spending a lot of time at work, and people are spending a lot more time at work. And it's we see it with with people who are self-employed or people who are remote workers. They're spending more time at work than they than they ever have been. Um, so coaches are not off the hook either because most of them are both remote and self-employed. And so they, they have to really take care of themselves. They have to look after themselves and, and two, and there are, as I said, there are several others, but the two most important that sort of top of top of the, the heat, I think are building relationships that are important, having a community um, and also having meaning. And, and I think that's a pretty that's a pretty easy one to crack for a lot of us as coaches because we do things that we think are meaningful. We wouldn't be doing what we do if we didn't think it was meaningful. So I think that's a pretty easy one. Um, but it's about keeping that keeping that going forward and and developing those uh, and nurturing those relationships. Excellent. Well, you are coming to join us in Lisbon. Um, I am on in April, April tenth through twelfth. What will the takeaways be, one or two takeaways for the coaches, career services providers who are joining us for that event? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, first of all, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a great, I think it's going to be a great few days. Um, but I think that um, it's really about having tools. It's about really helping um, 
us as coaches helping our clients have the tools that they need in order to become resilient? How do they face all of this uncertainty? How do they face all of this change? What can they do in little small ways, little small steps? Um, And I'm also going to be talking about how that's useful for for us as coaches. I, I think that it's very easy to think, well, you know, I'll take care of my clients and I'll, and I'll, that'll be fine. And that's what gives me meaning. And all of that's true. But what do we do as coaches to take care of ourselves? So it's going to be kind of two prongs. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, to, to talking with coaches about, you know, what can they do to, to develop their own resilience so that they can show up for their clients in the best way possible. Yes, I'm excited. And it'll be an opportunity for some of us, our career services providers, to also think about how they can serve people while they're in their jobs and moving up in their career, uh, in addition to what we might do already in terms of job search and career coach, career transition, career exploration. What does the next move look like? But then Mm -hmm. once you're there, how can we support you in being the most successful that you can be once you're there? So I'm excited about that as well. Well, thank you so much, Gary. I'm I'm excited to hear your presentation and uh, I really appreciate you coming to share some of those ideas about resilience today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we are going to take another short break here on the Career Confidant, and then we'll be back and talk a little bit more about 2024 and what we can expect and how we can future-proof our careers for this year and beyond. So we'll be right back here on the Career Confidant. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayitskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. now back to the career confidant Welcome back. And we are talking today about future proofing and the future of work. Had a great conversation with a couple of our presenters from the Career Symposium, Career Thought Leader Symposium that will be in Lisbon the 10th through the 12th of uh, April, really focusing on how career services providers can be ready for the future of work. 
And if you are interested in that, I'd recommend that you go and check that out. Um, and all of our materials and, and all of the information about that is available on the Career Thought Leaders website, careerthoughtleaders.com, and our premier events every year. This is this is one of them. So when we think about our 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 future of work and what we want to do this year or in the future. Today, I want to look a little bit at creating a professional development plan. So I've had a few people ask me about this topic specific to coaching. We'll talk about it a little bit more generally first. But when you think about what do you need to do this year to make sure that you are where you want to be in your job? And Antoinette talked a little bit about how we aren't just looking at the titles or the positions, but we're looking at a, a changing landscape and what's coming next. And how can you have the skills that you would want and need to be able to plug into those opportunities in the future? And this is takes a little bit different kind of planning. Um, maybe thinking about in your industry, what is going on? What are the types of jobs that are growing? What are the problems that your industry is looking to solve? Now, what is really cool and, and very interesting, if you're playing around at all with the AI tools, Especially, especially the generative language models like ChatGPT and BARD, you can go into those models or, or even perplexity, although it will be a bit less verbose. It has the most current information. But ChatGPT, you know, has the information through mid-2023. That's going to be enough for you to go in and ask it, what are the problems in this industry? Or what are some of the challenges this industry or this company is facing? And you don't want to take it, you know, without doing some more further research, but it does give you great information based on, you know, SEC filings, news articles, other things that it is aggregating, right? Because it's out there, it's looking at yeah, all the different sources it has opportunity to go to, and it will tell you some of these trends, some of the challenges, some of the predictions, although always will say, you know, that you can't predict the future, but it will give you some ideas of what's going on, what are the problems, what are the challenges in these industries. You stick with your industry, can even use the company you're working at right now or companies that you might want to target, industries you might want to target. Ask some of those questions. And then, of course, you want to go and start having those conversations with humans in professional associations in your industry or the ones that you want to join or in LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, Slack channels, wherever that industry is hanging out and talking, you want to start looking at what are they talking about? What are the trends? What are the, the recurring topics, if you will? Sometimes the word trends, uh, you know, get, gets us all wigged out, but what is it that is going on? And then you're saying, okay, what do I want to play into that? Where do I want to plug in? What is most important to me in these areas so that you can align the challenges and needs of the industry or company with what you want to solve? What problems do you want to solve? Then you can start to build the skills that you might need to make that happen, to do more research, to understand what skills you might need to make those things happen and dive in and start learning those things. And before we get into where you might learn them, for, first we're going to talk a little bit more about other ways you might identify what you might want to learn. So I always find it the most poignant and just relevant and, and motivating to research specifically in your industry and in target industry, target companies, and do as much as research as you can there because that will be just, it's more real and you're you're more likely to be interested and find those gaps and, and do those things. However, of course, there are general lists of skills that are in demand that you could look at as well. Um, you could go skills in demand in this industry. You could search more generally. And the more general you search, the more general answers you'll get. Not necessarily a bad thing, but just to think about what what is that that really is gonna make a difference for you. And a lot of people talk about, of course, learning artificial intelligence tools is going to be important. And that's pretty across the board. So that might be one that you put down, you know, learning how to, to use AI tools, seeing if there's anything in specifics to 
AI tools, artificial intelligence tools for your industry or for your job. There are a lot of those out there for product managers, whatever it is that you might do, there there likely are some training specific to your what what you do. So you can check that out. And um, if there aren't, there's general classes that you can you take uh, about artificial intelligence. One of the best ones that uh, Google rolled out last year, they've got a whole suite of classes on artificial intelligence, machine learning, all of that. Some of that might be a little more depth than you need, but you could get started with that and see what makes sense and what doesn't. And then also see what other people in your industry, in your professional association are talking about in accordance with that skill. Then the more general skills, you know, the World Economic Forum puts out a list. McKenzie puts out a list. Um, I just was looking at Indeed has a list of the top skills for 2024 and beyond. And they're not going to surprise you, right? You the open, open um, emotional intelligence. And we were talking already about adaptability and agility in terms of learning, digital literacy, which is kind of a bigger umbrella for where those artificial intelligence tools might fit in. Of course, leadership, uh, not just in terms of leading others, but also kind of leading oneself. I've seen a lot right now on kind of project management, time management, even if those aren't, you know, even if you're not going to be a project manager, having those skills is going to be important as we all deal with more uncertainty. I uh, also love this in terms of negotiation and communication skills. That is critical. AI can't replace some of those those tools, those skills, along with emotional intelligence. And when you show that, demonstrate that, can can speak to times that you've brought that into your work, then you're automatically going to be differentiating yourself from the tools and from others who might know how to use the tools but don't know how to in integrate it into the human side of the equation. When we look at you know the emotional intelligence, the um, four parts of that, then a lot of the other splintery skills kind of come out when you look at self-management, you know, recognizing others, recognize or managing those interactions, those relationships, managing yourself, all of that. The communication skills, collaboration, teamwork, those some of those come become a little repetitive when you really dig into emotional intelligence, a lot of that's already there. Then I love beyond kind of the adaptability and agility is that creativity. Can you see something new? Can you see a new way to fill a gap? And I was teaching uh, some career and technical educators in, in uh, my home state, Colorado here, and we were talking about how this activity is so important for us to have the skill of recognizing that gap and figuring out how to fill it. Now, not every gap is yours to fill, but if there is a skill that you bring, you've got to be able to recognize the gap and then address how you would fill it. My example was I had someone reach out to me on LinkedIn and they said, I'm a photographer and an editor. I'd love to help you. That is not, that's not how you want to do that, right? You want to be able to recognize the gap. So do your research even more general research on small business owners, where their gaps tend to be, or specifically on the person that you're targeting, the company that you're targeting. You know, they could have said, oh, I see that you've been trying to use more infographics or that you've been trying to do more carousel posts on LinkedIn. Even if they were off the mark a little bit, the fact that they were looking specifically to identify a gap, to identify uh, a place that they might help me, so much more powerful than the, just that generic approach. So you want to think about that. If you're in an industry, an organization, or if you're approaching small business owners, whatever it might be, do the research to understand how your skills add value and what that gap is, the challenge that they're dealing with, so that you might speak to it. As I said a few moments ago, artificial intelligence tools can really help you with this. I mean, this person could have even gone into a Bard or a ChatGPT and said, you know, I'm a photographer. What types of challenges do small businesses have that a photographer might solve? It gives you a list. You start researching it. You start checking it with the small business owners that you do know. You figure out what parts of that are you. <laughs> what parts of it are the places that you want to plug in? 
But when you speak to those specifics and the specific challenges, again, even if you're slightly off, it's going to be so much more powerful than the generics. So if you are a marketing person, look at your industry and you say, okay, what is in that industry that they're struggling with, that they need help with, that I could solve? Engineer, accountant, it really doesn't matter. The approach, the thought, the process is the same. What you do, of course, and the skill sets that you bring is going to be different. And you've got that specific hard skill that you bring. You want to lead with that. And then these other in-demand soft skills, employability skills, human skills, you want to have as what I always call the icing on your cake. So you've got the 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 bulk of it, the piece of mind that you can bring to someone based on your hard skills. And then the soft skills are the, the icing. And you want to make sure that you're highlighting those and speaking to how they add value as well. Okay, so now that you've identified some of those skills, what do you do to create that professional development plan for 2024? We're going to talk about that when we come back. So we'll take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on Finding Certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. tuned in to the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. now back to the career confidant Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we have been talking about skills that we need to future-proof our careers, being resilient, and a little bit about the Career Thought Leaders Symposium in Lisbon, April 10th through the 12th, where career thought leaders, career service providers from around the globe will gather to build their skills on staying ahead of the curve in our industry, which is very challenging. Um, But we are thinking about that for ourselves and for our clients at this time of year. So you've gone through, you've really thought about what skill sets are going to be in demand, what skill sets are in demand right now, and what where am I wanting to grow? You want to do a little bit of a self-assessment. So if you already love technology and you've taken every class you can on AI, uh, that you know may not be where you want to put as much of your focus because that is one piece of it, but all the other skills coming alongside it. So doing our research, looking at there, seeing what else might I want to build. And of course, a strengths-based model is 
the most effective. So taking the things we're always already strong at and building them. However, what a lot of times people miss in that discussion is that we're not ignoring our weaknesses, but we're also not going out and putting a ton of energy into building our weaknesses without thinking about how our strengths can help in doing that. So let's say you really struggle with communication. If you're going to look at building that skill and you're really good with technology, I would say, okay, so let's take some programs, some classes, some things on communication, but then also how you can use technology to improve your communication. That way you're using your strength and engaging it to help you improve on your weakness and not just kind of sitting there beating yourself up because you're a bad communicator, whatever that might be. So we look at these skills that are critical, but you cannot be great in your career, in your business, if you're not great with communication. But that doesn't mean that we need to, you know, kind of plug away at it in this silo. We want to think, how can I engage my other strengths, my other interests to improve that weakness? So I'm not just going out looking at any kind of communications class, but I'm looking at communications classes that partner with other things that are important and meaningful to me. So, you know, if I'm strategic, I might take a class that's called strategic communications. I'm going to be much more interested in that. I'm going to be much more likely to follow through with that class than taking a class on something else. Again, figuring out how to pair those two things or how to pair what really is important to you with that skill that you want to build. And that way they go together, they, they, you stay mo more motivated and you bring them along together. The other piece is reaching out to people in our network and asking them what they would recommend for improving a skill in this or that so that we can build our network because we're communicating, we're, we're engaging, we're asking questions, we're learning about that other person, and we can have a better chance of that class being a good fit for us. When you do this, you always want to ask people what they were hoping to get, what they did get, why it was a good fit for them. And then you're going to filter those answers based on what you know about yourself. So if they really loved the class because it was, you know, four quick videos and then you were done and you know that you don't do learn, you know, you don't learn by video very well, whatever it might be, you're going to take that and you're going to say, okay, uh, maybe the, the program is good or the concept is good, but I might look for a different learning method so I can be more successful uh, and get the same result that person did even though I might not take the exact same class. When you do that, then you can start to filter out what really is going to be a good fit for you because there are hundreds, if not thousands, of opportunities to take classes, many of them for free or low cost, depending on what you've got. So if you're inside an organization, I'd recommend starting with what do they already have for you? What do they pay for? Does your organization pay for LinkedIn Learning? Do they pay for some other kind of library? Um, you know, there are companies that have a learning library there for you and you can access it for free. Check that out. See what the opportunities are. Will they pay for a class, and an in-depth program, whether that's, you know, product management training that's three days or an MBA? What is it that they pay for? What are, what are the options? What have other people in your sphere done? And how can you learn from all of that? And use that opportunity to communicate because let's say you go to HR and you say, I'm interested in taking this product management class. What, you know, what, what are my options? What, what's my benefit from the company? It's not only that you might save yourself money, but you also then communicate to your organization that I'm taking control of my learning, that I'm developing, that this is an area I want to do more in. There's a lot of benefits that come from asking those questions if it is in any way related to your job or related to where you might go in your current company. Now, if you are um, laid off, if you're not working right now or you're an independent business owner or contractor, that might not be available to you. But there's still a lot of free learning opportunities. When you look at the massive online open courses, that are available through so many different platforms. Um, LinkedIn Learning, of course, you've got Udemy, and those are most of the time paid, but you've got all these opportunities to learn and to do it in a way that is free. 
Google's got courses, like I said, on, I, on AI, on lots of other things. Microsoft has courses on their technologies. A lot of organizations have figured out that this is a good way to get people interested. You've got Masterclass and the organization Masterclass, as well as all the other opportunities. And I would encourage you, too, to look inside any kind of professional organization aligned with your interest or industry, not just for the classes that they might offer, but to put it out into their groups, their communities, and ask what other people have done, what they're interested in, what they you know, have even researched but not done and why. So many opportunities to learn from others, but to also grow your network by doing that. And career thought leaders, we have a Facebook group and people are always asking there, you know, executive, I want to take an executive coach class, which one have people taken? And obviously we offer classes, so people will ask and we'll share about our classes, but then people will share about all the other different opportunities that have, exist in the field as well. International Coach Federation has LinkedIn groups and uh, I believe also a Facebook group for people that are members, but then for people who may not be members. And you can ask those types of questions in those forums as well. When you get into the professional association, that's an opportunity to ask where are, what kind of forum does your professional association have? And they can lead that to you to that, whether that might be a Slack group or a Discord channel or all the other things that people can do. And you can ask about those opportunities there. And then, of course, using LinkedIn, using LinkedIn as an opportunity to do research, using LinkedIn learning, um, especially if you pay for an account, even for a month, you can get access to some of that so that you can figure out how you're going to start to fill those gaps. Last thing here is to not let the learning opportunity just be the class, but to, to squeeze out every opportunity to network, to connect with other people in the class, to connect with other people who might be inside the classroom environment, to ask questions of the um, of the people that are teaching it. I don't know how many times people you know sign up for our classes, we send them information to follow up, and then they never reach out again. And most of the time, the organizations that offer those trainings are more than helpful, more than willing to be helpful and answer questions and uh, maybe even get on a, a short call with you, short Zoom with you, and answer questions that go beyond what, what you've learned or deep in that learning. So don't miss out on that opportunity. It's not about a check mark, right? It's really about you learning the skills, but being able to demonstrate the skills, do the projects, and you learning, taking that learning opportunity to its nth degree by networking, connecting, learning outside of the classroom as well. Doesn't have to be all encompassing, just choose the things that really matter and make them, make them count. We are going to be back here next week on The Career Confidant with more guests. <laughs> surprise, surprise, some of them from our uh, Lisbon Symposium that's coming up. And you'll be learning more about the skills that you need to succeed in 2024 and beyond. You can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And we will see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.